Fred and Fritz, Fred and Fritz, the perfect combination of brawn and wit. Politics, sports, and trending shit. Let's tune into Brad and Brit. Hey, it's the Brad and Brit cast. Ten days off, and uh, frankly, um, we don't care about our writers. <laughs> We're doing this show anyway. We're we're doing it anyway, and it's not going to have the clean, crisp comedy that you're used to. But we're we're going to try, okay, Britt? I didn't know which angle you were going to take on that. I almost uh, appreciate the asshole f the world approach that Bill Maher is taking versus the crocodile tears that Drew Barrymore is taking. I almost appreciate his uh, really. Yeah, uh, I completely. You go the other direction. Agree with that. He and uh, I know he's not watching. I know he'll never hear this, <clears throat> but uh, John the Catholic has been right about Bill Maher for approximately the last year, and so have you. And and I have I have given him ev- him Mar every chance to mention it out over different issues, right? Because he's clearly moved towards the center, towards the right to mollify or to kind of CNN his, his show in this horrible, horrible way. I don't think it was necessary, but he's been doing it and he's been contrary just to be contrary. And I know that's that's been his thing, but this has been different the last few years. And in the midst of a writer's strike, and uh, an actor's strike for him, I guess it was last week while we were off, Yeah. to uh, suddenly announce uh, he's going to break the strike and he's going to come back on. Because, you know, there are other people on his show besides just the writers. <laughs> I've got, it's not I've got, just them. There are other people that are getting hurt by this. I've got I, gaffers. I've, I've got gaffers. i got camera operators. i got yeah. audio guys. I'm thinking yeah, about I, these I, people. I'm not prepared, not prepared to sit out a whole year for this. And I'm sorry, you're not alone. Your show isn't alone. There are people on the Colbert show and the John Oliver show and and every other scripted program uh, below the level or at a different level than writers who are secondary victims of a strike. That's what a strike is. It's designed to put pressure on management. And unfortunately, there are always there are always people who are collateral damage and for you to step up and break the strike right now. Um, it was just inexcusable. Drew Barrymore did the same thing. She caved. And uh, as of today, guess what? Bill Maher has now caved and he said, Good. you know, on second thought, I'm not going to restart my show right now. And here's why, because I hear the talks are going a little bit better right now. So I want to wait and see what happens. What a fucking fudge. What a wuss. What a bunch of BS that is. That is a lie. Because he knew, uh, he is known, obviously, for several days that this was a bad idea. It's cool to be Mr. Contrary. I get that. But you know what? Um, It's a team. It's a team sport. And... Uh, by the way, you know what I also think? I think he also realized that what he was going to put on was going to suck so bad 
because all it was going to be, remember, all it was going to be was him talking to you know, two or three people, panel-like. No other shtick. No new rules. No monologue. No, all right, right in the middle of the show. Uh, do you want to see this? Uh, we have 25 things that uh, Donald Trump's dick looks like. None of that stuff. None of the written stuff anymore. Uh. And the show's success has been because of the way over the years they've figured out a, a pretty good kind of pacing. And Bill Maher is not a great conversationalist. Oh, he's okay. He's all right. And uh, I think the problem might be that if he put his show back on and it sucked as bad as I think we know it would, if it was just him talking to people for, for uh, 55 minutes, uh, the numbers would go down. HBO would see that. And, uh, you know, they're always looking to cut costs. They're always looking to say, this is your final contract, but it, you never know. So anyway, he's, he, he's doing the right thing at the, at the uh, end of a gun barrel. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah, when he has like when he's forced into a corner, he did the right thing. It's like Lauren Boebert apologized after she was finally forced when the video showed that she was lying her ass off. And it wasn't really an apology by her. It was a <laughs> you know I'm just an enthusiastic person. It's right? no she she blamed it. I've had a very difficult and public divorce. Yeah, okay. That's why I had to vape and have somebody feel me up in a theater and grab his dick while I was watching a play because my divorce has been so difficult. Yeah, old old third base Bobert. That's what I'm calling her now. Old third base Bobert, <laughs> right there in the theater. Oh, and by the way, today's exciting tease for the end of this podcast is Brad tells you what it's like to lose his phone oh, when he's on vacation in the United Kingdom. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh you're gonna really you're gonna really enjoy this one you're gonna enjoy it. <laughs> that's great but to be fair here it is it's the same phone but i did lose it how did i get it back we'll tell you later in the program <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call a tease that's a major league tease from a great yeah. broadcaster yeah and and i by telling you i've got the phone i i don't want anybody to to, to get nervous or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there was no anxiety <laughs> from the time this, he lost it when he found it. This couldn't possibly be an identical phone to the one <laughs> Same model. It's a 12. Oh, what a All right, story. So, you know what? Uh, I've got this one ready to roll. Let's, let's roll it here. This is the clip of the last few days. Uh, and as you know, Britt, you and I very often... Uh, we know how to, uh, how should we say it, write for the opposition. We know how to get inside their heads yeah. and say things that they either uh, might say, could say, uh, or are thinking of saying. And Trump, I believe this was on Friday, when he was making the speech completely lapsing into dementia-ridden senility in front of folks after first saying that, you know, when he beat Barack Obama in 2016. <laughs> I think this was a, a faith and values bullshit yeah, thing. 
yeah, yeah. One of those kind of fuck fests. So he's he's talking about beating Obama. Oh, God. And then the music starts to swell behind him. In fact, it swells so much, you almost have to struggle to to hear what Trump is saying. But it's 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 kind of clear what it what he's saying. So we'll we'll just let it rip. Here you go. As you know, crooked Joe Biden and the radical left thugs who have weaponized law enforcement to arrest their leading political opponent, leading by a lot, including Obama. I'll tell you what, you take a look at Obama and take a look at some of the things that he's done. This is the same thing. The country is very divided. And we did with Obama. We won an election that everyone said couldn't be won. So he doesn't remember who was the opponent in 2016, does he? Grandpa's off his meds. He he can't remember that Obama was term limited out. Doggone it. He wanted to run for a third term, but he didn't have the courage like Trump would have yeah. when he gets elected this time and then runs again, even though that would be unconstitutional. I'm sorry. I interrupted greatness here. Hold on. We have a man who is totally corrupt and the worst president in the history of our country is cognitively impaired in no condition to leave i love the isn't the music fantastic are they are they playing him off like the oscars they're trying to get him off the stage it, it, it sort of sounds like that but you know we've seen this now a, a bunch of times where they they do this when they think he's getting to a point of such dramatic peril for the world but I think there's a problem here. They need to, to amp it up a little bit more. It shouldn't just be the dark, foreboding, John Williams-style yeah, yeah. music score. They need to change the lighting. They need to darken the room and put a spotlight right on Trump and change the colors. Don't you think? It needs to be not just what we hear, but but the visuals, too. That's just, All right, so let's pick it up here. He's now in charge of dealing with Russia. And possible nuclear war. Just think of it. We would be in World War II very quickly. What? We we would We'd be, be in, in World War II very quickly. <laughs> All right. Now he was reading that off of a teleprompter. Okay, <laughs> he was reading. So let's let's get inside the excuse machine, and I can guarantee you i can assure you that no one that watches fox no one in trump world even knows no. about this moment unless they happen to have been watching it at the time and it probably went right by them when he said it right right so we're, we're talking to ourselves here we know that um but he read that off a teleprompter so here you go here's the excuse machine if necessary that we're going to crank up here number one someone put the wrong number on the teleprompter, and it oh, said Fire War 2. Num and it said the, the, the number two, which he read it verbatim. Or they put three eyes, like the Roman numeral three, and Trump doesn't know Roman numerals, so he said World War II because he's just an old guy and he, he doesn't know what he's saying. Or, you ready? This is my concoction on how All you right. bail trump out of this here we go and remember what's the what's the uh 
the, the, the five steps of Trump lying his way out of something that's inexcusably bullshit, defamatory, stupid, or inexcusable. One, I never said that. Number two, I might have said that, um, but it doesn't matter. Number three, I never met her. <laughs> Number four, I don't know. Right. And, and eventually it's, yes, I said that and I was right. I was completely right. And you have no sense of humor. Okay? Right. Right. So with, with, with saying World War Two, here it is. In 1918, 1919, the Great War ended. When the Great War was fought, 19 was it 1915 to 1919 it was four years uh-huh. they didn't know there was going to be a second world war so they didn't it was called the great war war, so, uh, war war memorial stadium here in greensboro is named right. world war memorial stadium because they didn't know there was going to be a sequel exactly. had no idea. <laughs> so that war that started 20 years later in 1939 that was world war one right <laughs> That was the one. And so if there's another world war, it will be World World War War II. II. Okay. Okay. So so we can't use Occam's razor on this one and just that he fucked up and he's as demented as anybody? Of of course you can. Of course you can. But but I'm I'm coming up with the explanation. Ah, okay. The the turn it around and you're the asshole for thinking that when he said World War II, that it was a mistake because – the liberal historians who renamed, who rebranded the Great War of the uh, early 20th century, they were wrong to do that. Much in the same way that when someone is born, remember, uh, Steve Smith wasn't Steve Smith Sr. in public until he had a child, yeah, right? Right. So, and I know what, what I just said is so stupid. It is, but no, it makes it, sense. It does make so sense. It's so stupid that it, don't you think it makes sense that, that yes, they would try yes. to, to spin it back around and say that he didn't make mistakes and then run a medley of Joe Biden gaffes? And that would fix everything. Why are you yeah, talking yeah. about Donald Trump when Joe Biden said X, Y? Exactly. Beautiful, isn't it? Beautiful. All right. Uh, here's the list. All right. And of course, those things we've already talked about are on the list. Um, abortion tourism. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, party, platform, weapon. Party, platform, weapon. Dion, the wanderer. Oh, boy. <clears throat> um, North Carolina, new license plate possibility. First in flim flam. Ah, oh, nice. Uh, Don's still got a thing with the Jews, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And talk about being off brand. <clears throat> They're Let's all great. Don- Let's you do Don that. and the Jews. Donnie and the Jews, uh, because it is a happy new year to you and yours. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, Donald Trump, Mark Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year by... That's right, attacking American the Jews. <laughs> he put a graphic up on his uh, highly successful Truth Social Sunday night detailing everything that he supposedly did in support of the Jewish people, including, of course, moving the embassy to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv, recognizing sovereignty, 
over the Golan Heights and the settlements in the West Bank. Well, they were controversial. Trump's taking credit for them, blah, 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 blah. And then here's what he wrote. Here are his words. Just a quick reminder for liberal Jews who voted to destroy America and Israel because you believed false narratives. Let's hope you learn from your mistake and make better choices moving forward. Happy New Year. Uh, just so you know, uh, seven in ten American Jews identify or lean towards the Democratic Party. What? Research. What? Seven in ten. I know what you're thinking. Only seven in ten? Yes. That's right. I think we're a little low on that one, but okay. Whatever. Right. For someone who says he's incredibly pro-Israel and, of course, has Jewish grandchildren. Trump has a habit of threatening Jews in his own country. In October, he accused American Jews of failing to praise his Israel policies enough. In other words, not bending the knee, not kissing the ass, not polishing polishing the uh, apples in his pockets. No president's done more for Israel than I have. Somewhat surprisingly, however, our wonderful evangelicals are far more appreciative of this than the people of the Jewish faith, especially those living in the U.S. So, you know, you got to be fair here. Don is only attacking Jews in the United States, not the the uh, ones around the world who assumedly don't vote in American. <laughs> but there, are, as we know, there there are plenty of Jews around the world that hate his guts as well. <laughs> right, right. But and and don't live in states like oh Florida, right, Ohio, exactly. Illinois, Wisconsin, this, this seems to be New York. This, this New seems Jersey. to me directly. Uh, this this would be directly aimed at uh, you and your wife. This seems to be like, boom, right there. It looks like he's he's taking dead aim at you guys. Well, uh, 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 technically, yes. It's it's all Jews who are not orthodox, okay? Right. All the Jews who don't look like the stereotypical Jews wearing black hats and having long beards and probably mm-hmm. living in Brooklyn or Rockland County, New York, right. or parts of L.A. or in the small enclaves across the country. Um, who are extremely right wing on on everything, and they have giant families, just like the Mormons. They have ten kids, and all the, the, those are the good Jews. The rest of us, yeah, your piece of shit, a bit more assimilative, yeah. like that word, over the uh, past hundred or so years. We are the bad guys, right? Uh, two months later. Remember, this is a few months ago. Two months later, after that, he criticized Jewish leaders for their lack of loyalty towards him, despite the fact that he had just had dinner with neo-Nazis Nick Fuentes and Kanye West. Jewish leaders forgot I was the best by far president for Israel. I'd like to, um, I'd like, I'd like to take this in a little different direction. Okay. Uh, when, when you were gone, uh, when you were when you were uh, out of the country. Last uh, week ago, Saturday, nine d- days ago, as we record this, the University of Texas beat the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. And it was the first non-conference loss for Alabama in many, many years, whatever. There was video of some of the Alabama fans telling some of the dancing black Texas players on the sidelines, go back to the projects. And they were shouting some pretty ugly slurs at those oh. University of Texas players. Wow. This is this is what I'm saying. When it comes to people who are bigots and racists, it's never. Oh no no no! I don't hate all Negroes, just those Negroes. 
We've got good Negroes, but then there's some, some bad Negroes. You see? You see? And eventually, when you get down to it, as you scratch the surface and go along, as time goes on, eh, they'll eventually throw all of the Negroes into the bad situation. It's the same thing with the Jews. No, no, no. I don't, I don't have a problem with the Jews. I, the, it's just the bad Jews. It's just the Democrat Jews, the liberal. And then eventually you get down to it. They really don't like all Jews. They have a problem with every single Jew at some point in time, as time goes on. Well, I think you're certainly correct in setting the table just in case. Just in case. Uh, this is uh, this is inexcusable, Trump. Jewish leaders forgot I was by far the best president for Israel. Their lack of loyalty to their greatest friends and allies is why large numbers in Congress and so many others have stopped giving support to Israel. Wow. So that's uh, that's where that uh, particular aspect of this this person is. I guess we should uh, again circle back around and address the uh, end of the world as signified by giving Donald Trump uh, almost an hour of airtime on the massively popular, highly influential Meet the Press. On NBC. Oh, I'm sorry. It was massively popular. Actually, never. It actually had a gigantic audience say never. Okay. It's on Sunday morning at nine o'clock or eight o'clock or five o'clock, depending on where you live. Yeah. And uh, it's always been a. And the the end of the world hand wringing over NBC allowing him to be on their air, I think is a bit overstated. And here's why. Okay. Here's why. And by the way, Kristen Welker did a shitty job. Did she? She did a shitty job. Mm. She let him steamroll him. You know what you should do? Look at the transcript. Okay. It's always better to look at the transcript of what Trump is really saying, because we know what happens if you watch it. I mean, he just steamrolls everyone that ever uh, interviews him with the exception of two people in the last several years. Two people have fact-checked him in real time and really pissed him off. One is Brett Baer of Fox. Correct. And the other is uh, Jonathan Swan of yeah. uh, Axios, where yeah. he stormed him. My theory going in, and I wrote this the other day before the interview aired, I said, the way you have to do this, you have to approach this as, Number one, you got to come armed. You got to come armed as a combination of Mike Wallace and Tim Russert. You got to have your shit together. And you have to be willing to make it so that Donald Trump stands up and walks off because you have trapped him in his own lies. And if you keep asking him open questions like Kristen Welker did, like, well, how do you feel about maybe going to jail? If you ask it that way, right. he's going to say, number one, I'm not going to jail. Number Joe two, Biden I'm, should go to I'm, jail. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm not afraid. I'm a man. I'm, I'm tough. And you know, that's a lie. So then you don't call that a lie. And off to the races, he goes. And she did that over and over and over again. And he, he took over the, the interview at several points. And if you look at the, the volume, the number of words in many of his answers, 
They are hundreds of words long, and she doesn't get a word in edgewise. It's, and he's pulling the same shit, lying the same way. Uh, but in the end, the law of diminishing returns has set in. Believe me, an hour on Meet the Press on NBC uh, is not going to sway anyone at all about anything. Maybe eight years ago, it would have been a big deal. But he brings nothing to the table. And fortunately, even inadvertently, even Kristen Welker, who got, she got hammered, I think, worse than Caitlin Collins did on CNN. Because Caitlin Collins did jump in there a lot more, even though it it ended up not being that effective. But she did. Um, But uh, in the end here, it, it, it sways no one. But he says enough stupid things to indict himself even more. And uh, I know that they were running their Betamax over at the Justice Department and recording every word well, that's because it. he added to the, the richness of material that they can present in court in lieu of a live Donald Trump testifying, which no matter what he says, He's not going to testify live, but there's all this video of him, including over the weekend from within that ridiculous hour of him saying, you know, I take responsibility. It was my idea. Uh, Some people told me some things, so I listened to them and we decided to try to overturn the uh, election and cause a coup. And that was and he says, I take responsibility for it. it was my idea. Good. Great. You're making the job of Jack Smith a little bit easier well, by saying things like that, that. That's the point. I mean, it's a confession. I mean, that's that's. I believe that's what they call that in legal terms is a confession. When he sat down with Megyn Kelly, who, of course, has come full circle after she was beaten to the pillar in the post by him about seven or eight years right. ago. She's back right. on his side. Yeah. Britt, what, what kind of constitution does a person have like her to actually want to be in the same zip code as Donald Trump, let alone sit right across from him. What, what kind of, what kind of person is she? Well, the old, the old punchline was, we know what you are. Now we're just establishing a price. I mean, I'm not going to say the word because I think that's kind of sexist or whatever, but I mean, come on, you know, forget about it. But if it ends up that this shit is played and I thought hers was more damaging to him as far as the words coming out of his mouth than the one that, uh, that I've seen from Welker. I think this, you know, I guess let him keep talking. I was pissed off about the the town hall on, on CNN that Caitlin Collins that you referenced, which was pretty much the end of Chris Lick's career at CNN, thankfully and mercifully. But these things do end up being evidence against him in a court of law. And if it pays off with well, him being convicted, then, yeah, I guess it's all worth it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an independent. Fo- hey, I saw that meet the press. So, Wow. Donald Trump changed my mind. <laughs> yeah, he really was great. He had a lot of views on things that I just, I just had. And the funny thing is, what's come out of this uh, isn't some kind of conversion by liberals or Democrats or, or probably any independents, but that a lot of right wing, dead ender Trump forever, Trump no matter whaters, are jumping off the train because Donald Trump, Trump wasn't an asshole enough on abortion okay? yeah yeah it because was weird. He, he he made it clear and by the way 
he's been consistent on this. He's always been mushy on abortion. He tried to have it both ways, remember, because he goes around and brags about appointing three Supreme Court justices to do the dirty work. But in terms of legislation, he knows it's a dead bang loser. And even Donald Trump can see that when in seven or eight states in a row in the last year and a half have, when given the opportunity to vote via referendum about uh, abortion rights after the uh, Dobbs decision, uh, including up in Wisconsin, where the the uh, Supreme Court seat was all about abortion and the uh, liberal the uh, pro-choice liberal justice was voted in by big numbers. And in Ohio, they smacked down the attempt to uh, alter the rules to make it 60 percent in the election a few weeks ago. Even Trump realizes that to run as a a hard line, if you uh, put me back into uh, office, I'll try to get some federal legislation through the Congress about abortion. That's a that's a dead bang loser. He knows that. And Trump can play for the general election right now, as pathetic as that is, uh, thinking that that somehow is going to appeal to to moderates or or uh, independents on the the issue. It's not enough. Obviously, Trump has just a little bit more baggage in some other areas. I can't think of any of them, but he, but he does. Well, that's the silly and, but, thing. But, is see, that, but, that, so what's <laughs> happened? Everybody else that's running for the Republican nomination, or as we like to call it, the vice presidency, uh, um, is going further to the right. And uh, DeSantis fucking lost his mind over the weekend. Yeah. Because, you know, he's already, what, signed the six-week ban in Florida. That's what... Uh, <clears throat> People of my parents' generation used to call it Florida. Florida. But it had an A in it, not an O. <laughs> uh, um, and this phrase, abortion tourism, now suddenly has appeared out of nowhere. And it, it appeared in the context of DeSantis being asked about, well, what do you think of Tommy Tuberville of Alabama holding up all these appointments to the military uh, over people being able to uh, go to other states and get abortion should they need to, to get health care that they need. And immediately, DeSantis had that pithy phrase, well, I'm against abortion tourism. There's just no way that that should be allowed. And, and so to think that that's some kind of mass appeal winning idea at any level to call it that to demean women who for whatever the circumstance in the military get pregnant and for whatever reason they have chosen they do not wish to continue the pregnancy it might even be for their own personal medical reasons it could be for their own lives it could be that the the fetus they were carrying is already dead It could be for a multitude of reasons that they should not be allowed to travel to other states because that would be abortion tourism. It's kind of like visiting Vegas. It's like uh, going to the beach. It's tourism. It's fun. It's a it's a day in the park is. (laughs) Wow. 
it's just, it's beneath contempt. It's beyond beneath contempt, in my opinion. It, it, it it's it's beyond tone deaf because there are just a number of women who have to, you know they they're seeking this and they have, they don't want to go out of state. They don't want to have to book flights. They don't want to have people haul them over state lines. You're forcing them to do this, and now you're 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 making this pejorative abortion tourism because of shit that you did. F you. This guy. Uh, this is so, so beneath contempt. And, of course, the bottom line for a lot of folks, the hardest of the hardcore uh, anti-choice, quote-unquote, pro-life people is that, you know, these women, just like others that I've heard of, these women in the military, they're just using abortion as birth control. Yeah, and we just sure. can't allow that. Yeah, sure. There's nothing more fun than getting pregnant inadvertently or on purpose, then going and getting an abortion. So again, the, the people that love America so much and really appreciate our troops, uh, the women that are in the serving in our armed forces are just a bunch of sluts. That's essentially the, the message that they would like to give out to you. Legs open 24-7. Probably, probably making out at uh, a Beetlejuice. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Reaching over. Reaching over. <laughs> how, how many times have you heard the reach across the aisle joke? Like a million, right? Yeah. 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 That's good. <laughs> that's good stuff. Uh, All the, right. The uh, North Carolina license plate, uh, Flim Flam. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this this is playing out here a little bit differently than across the rest of the country. And remember, we do not have full Medicaid expansion here. We have a little bit of it, but not full medicaid expansion like like uh some of the other states have so the republicans somehow who control the legislature in this state apparently are so far down the rabbit hole on accepting money from casino interests from gambling interests mm. that they are ready now and this is a state that has a lot of problems ever coming up with a, a state budget for a governor to sign, right? Didn't we go like 2,000 years without an actual budget? Like <laughs> Something like that. They can, yeah. Yeah, they, they can't, nobody can agree on anything. So what they want to do, the Republicans, because they know that Medicaid expansion, no matter what they've been saying over the years, they know it's popular, and they know that it works, and they know that it reduces poverty, and they know that it increases the general health of the population of a state and to have been resisting federal money now for what, 13 years. Yeah. 13 years is, is a loser. So they're ready to say, all right, okay. All right. But here's the deal. If you do that, you got to, uh, you got to allow the expansion of legalized gambling and allow for the uh, opening of several more casinos across weird. this state in the most godforsaken areas of course this is really this is really republican on republican violence is what's happening here you're having a lot of the bible thumpers in these areas that don't want these casinos and you're having the guys in the who are controlling the North Carolina state legislature try to force these things upon these communities that's what's happening in a lot of places that's what's happening certainly north of us in Rockingham County right now the governor of North Carolina, he's a Democrat. His name is Roy Cooper, and he's been around the block a few times. 
And I would guess in an isolated sense, and they, I think, are figuring out a way to vote on these two things separately, but not quite yet. Uh, and I would think that Roy Cooper would be in favor, uh, in the end, of both of these things. He'd probably be okay with the expanded gambling. Right. In casinos. And he certainly has uh, been pushing for Medicaid expansion for years and years and years and years. That's Republicans right. have been blocking it. So here's what he says about this. GOP demand for passage of their backroom casino deal in exchange for a state budget and Medicaid expansion is the most brutally dishonest legislative scheme I've seen in my three-plus decades. People are right to be suspicious. Something has a grip on Republican leaders, and it's not the people of North Carolina. And the person leading the charge in this state for more casinos, more casinos, is Phil Berger. He's the guy. leader out of Rockingham County, which is where one of these casinos just coincidentally uh, would be would be built okay he has opposition in that one from the sheriff of uh rockingham county sam page who's running for lieutenant governor oh boy it's great it's he's running <laughs> really there there's a lot of republican on republican violence and i don't want to get too deep into the weeds but he all the phil Berger was also behind uh rezoning some land up in summerfield in our area of the world which is a heavily republican area that's pissed off a lot of republicans up in that area they didn't want him to build an apartment complex and now it's going to get built because the state stepped in and did what what needed to be done uh, under the current proposal casinos would pay a 22 and a half percent tax on gross revenue coming through the door and the uh, actual counties where the casinos are located would get 5% of the net proceeds of the taxes collected in that county. So what are you willing to sell your soul for? Counties, poor counties, rural counties with with no real industry and things of that sort. So this is interesting, it's worth watching and we will we will take note of it. What they've been, what's happened in, in, in Rockingham County is, which is where they're trying to shove it down their throats and I think they got some good news in that it's not going to be in the budget this year not going to be able to do it this year is that they opened up a, a, a Caesars casino. It's just a temporary right now, but it's going to become permanent next year in Danville, Virginia. So they're watching the traffic go up highway 29 into Danville and the Rockingham County people are like, I'd like to have some of that please. And they've gotten some sort of developer and casino guy. And they, they say, it's not just going to be a casino. It's going to be like, there's going to be shops. There'll be restaurants. It'll be a whole thing and it'll be great. Don't you like the license plate that will now say first in flim flam? Don't you like that? Doesn't that work for you? (laughs) Very interesting. All right. Tell us about losing the phone. So uh, for the past week, got back late Friday night. Uh, My wife and I were in Amsterdam and London. We split our time. We have a, uh, a daughter who now lives in Amsterdam. And she uh, just started a job there a couple months ago. And she's getting established. And uh, we had a great time. And as you know, the uh, the weather in Northern Europe sucks all the time. <laughs> it just, it, it's always raining. It's always cold. It's just, just yeah, terrible. Shitty, terrible. So, we sh- so, of course, when I go, the weather says, okay, Kranz, we, we get it. And it was beautiful. It was like being here, upper 80s. 
every day in, in Amsterdam for a few days. Then we go to England, to UK, uh, several days later, and we know it's going to suck there. Nope. It was, it was low 80s, upper 70s, sunny every day. So I said to the, uh, uh, the locals, I guess your weather's always like this. And, of course, they, they burst out laughing <laughs> and said, no. The whole entire month of July sucked. It was raining the whole damn time. <laughs> so we really did get lucky, and it was a, it was a fun time. So here's the, here's the deal. We took a train. They have, they have something called trains in Europe, uh, and they have something called fantastic train service in Europe from uh, city to city, country to country, and uh, from Amsterdam to London is about a four-hour train ride. And you stop in Rotterdam and Brussels very quickly. So it's a, it's a straight shot. And the service is fantastic. It, it's, you know, when you see those, those old videos of the way it used to be when you'd fly, and they'd show these people in these gigantic seats, and there would be first-class service. There would be white glove service, table. Cl- remember that? That's almost how it is on the trains today in Europe. It's really comfortable. It's great. So we, we get to London. This is noon on, on Monday. And uh, we're dead tired. And we get off the train. And the one thing that everyone does when they're traveling, especially out of the country, is you're constantly checking. I have my wallet. Do I have my keys? Do I have my phone? Do I, right? You're always checking because, you know, I don't want to lose anything. So we're on the, the long train platform next to this long train. Must have 20, 25 cars. And we're probably three or four cars down on the platform. And I'm feeling around. I go, where's my phone? Where is my phone? I don't have my phone. Oh, God. And uh, uh, Mr. Cool, Common Collected quickly said i'll go back the train is still there the doors are still open they'll let me on but i couldn't remember whether we were in car 14 or 15 so naturally i picked the wrong car i went on 15 and there's nothing nothing in there uh and then jane says no we were on 14 we were on 14 so i go to 14 and uh the entrance is blocked by a couple of uh uh, handicapped people who, of course, I berated and said, get out of my way. <laughs> hey, hey, Gimpy. <laughs> well, it's not that. Oh, no, I, no, well, number one, I said, I'm an American. And number two, I said, don't you know who I am? That's right. <laughs> no, anyway, I, I, I got by them. And I knew where we were sitting on the train. And fortunately, fortunately, the phone was sticking halfway up out of the you know, the little flap thing on the back of the, the seat, and it was right there, and I got it. Unfortunately, you know, the train didn't just take off after everybody disembarked, so crisis averted. Um, but man alive, that's a that's a sweaty moment. That is one hell of a sweaty moment because that's anxious. That's anxious. It, it, it would not have been a a good scene, um, but uh, we had a great time and. Good. Uh, on the next podcast, I'll just talk about my trip because I think that'd be a very interesting. People love that shit. Did you go back and do all the Beatles stuff you did back on your? Uh, didn't you go there yeah. on your honeymoon or something? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. 
<laughs> Genius Brad, almost losing his phone. Almost losing his phone. It seems everybody enjoyed the classic uh, shows that we put up from back in the day while, while we were gone. I put a few of those up. Oh, no, you didn't do that damn rerun thing, did you? <laughs> I did. Oh, did a couple things that haven't been heard in more than 10 years. And in some, in some cases, it was more than 15. Don't tell me you did that that bagel thing, did you? <laughs> I did the second bagel one when we got her on the air the second time, but not the very first one. But it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was stuff turned out to be pretty good. People got a kick out of that stuff. Right, 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 right. All right. Uh, it's good to be back. Uh, everything's good. Nobody ransacked the house while we were gone, at least that I know of. Of course, Britt, you've been here. We wouldn't know the difference. We know that it's all the same. It's all You would have no idea. 